Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Bijou Podcasts. This is episode 33 of the Stacey June Show. My guest today is founder of the nude yoga movement in this country, relationship coach, and an all round sexpert, in my opinion, Rosie Rees. Welcome to this week's interview, guys. Hey, I'm Stace. Thank you for joining me. Rosie, oh my goodness, I have so much history with that woman and have probably only met her a handful of times, so I can't wait for you to hear this chat. She's a person that uh, demands change and demands us as women to take control of our pleasure. So she is going to bring so much to the show today and I'm thrilled that she could join us. I'll tell you a little bit more about Rosie in a second. Just want to check in and see how you guys are enjoying the new single Pringle episode. Um, shout out to those of you that are starting their coaching tonight. Thank you so much for supporting me and allowing me the space to support you. It's a bit of a, a two-way relationship. If you're li- listening to this first thing in the morning and you kind of think, ah, I want to get involved, there are still a few spots in the later group. So you can email us at any time, support at stacyjune.com and this will be our second last for the year. So very excited to kick that off. Um, a few other housekeeping things. I am still looking to do an event at the end of June uh, in Melbourne and then another one in August in Sydney. It will be a self-centered Sunday event. Uh, still working out those details, so I will get those to you very soon. I will be so stoked to meet a few of you in person and especially those of you that have carried on from other projects uh, from there to here with me now and just being able to really have that space of... Um, I suppose, intimacy with you and and to see you in person and to really celebrate, I guess, this first six months of this new part of my adventure. So as you can hear, my cold's still a little bit full on and it's just pouring down rain today here in Sydney. I live on the beach, so the, the beach has been closed. There was even a rescue there yesterday. It's pretty hectic. Kind of amazing because I have felt under the weather and know that I need to rest. My adrenals have not always been my strongest feat, so I need to make sure that I watch that. Um, and also I think it's interesting over the past 12 months, my biggest lesson has been to surrender, surrender, surrender. And I was saying to a girlfriend yesterday how I just laugh at how much I surrendered, you know, everything up last year in terms of ideas of my identity, my job, um, you know, my my new marriage. I surrendered the the path to have a child. I, there were so many things I needed to learn to let go. And I can't believe that when you even get to a point where you almost don't identify with anything external anymore, there's still inner work of, there's still inner surrendering work to do. And I think one of them is to live in my space and to be comfortable in what I receive and to be comfortable in the space that my husband helps me create, uh, whether that's financial or security-wise or just a love bubble that we've achieved and created here in this home. 
it's really, really hard for me to receive that sometimes. And I'm a fixer. I'm a person that is more comfortable in the problem um, because that's where I grew up. I had had problems to work out and that was what I was busy doing. So I have less of those in my life now. And when you fall a bit sick and it's really wet outside and you're sitting in space in your life already, you have to surrender again and again and again. I did an Instagram post on this today, uh, which is Gabby Bernstein's words in a course I did with her last year, which was about if you are worrying about things, then you haven't you haven't lo- lost the control over it. You haven't surrendered it. You haven't let it go. So this is a message for you. If you didn't see that post, let it go. Let's talk about Rosie. She's divine. I met her at a nude yoga class that she ran really early days for her that I was writing a piece for for news.com.au. I would imagine maybe six years ago now. I was living in Melbourne, probably a similar timeline actually. It was winterish. Uh, it was a rainy night. I remember going in having no idea what to expect and the transformation and, and changes I made after that three or two hour session, I think, were really life changing. I thought, what could possibly, I didn't think this consciously, but I think subconsciously I was thinking, you take your clothes off and it's more of a nude external type of experience. And I was always like one of those girls that was happy to have quick changes and, and get dressed in front of everybody at school um, because I danced for such a long time. I wasn't really body conscious but it's interesting how much that process really strips you emotionally and internally and brings you in this vulnerability and intimacy with women that you've never met it was such an incredible experience I will put the link to my article in show notes so you can go back and read it if you like uh, Rosie has now had a huge success with these classes and tours them around the country um, and she is a relationship coach. You can actually get her services from her website, rosyrees.com. And you can, of course, sign up to one of her classes. I want to go to one very, very soon, actually. I think I need a bit of a touch base. But after I did that class, I really understood the power of breathing, the power of tantric breath. And the changes I had from that were I stopped having casual sex. I worked through some serious uh, sexual um, trauma. I started to explore uh, my yoni or, or, or vulva or vagina, um, whatever's comfortable for you, uh, with a jade egg. I created a relationship with her and I started to really unlock my pleasure. And then it was within, I think, goodness me, it was, it was, there was a few years after that though. I think I was interested in the tantric breath, but I don't think I went straight to work on my trauma after. So this is a period of time. So maybe two years after I would kind of work through a few of the things that I took away from that class. Uh, and then after I really workshopped through some of that trauma and made those decisions to pull back from, um, pull back from casual sex and work with the jade egg because I bought the jade egg from that class and didn't work with it for probably another year and a half funnily enough I didn't really know what to do and I did another person's course actually and had the jade eggs that I bought from Rosie Rosie sells all kinds of beautiful uh, crystal stone um, wands and jade eggs on her website again you can head to her store Uh, I'll put the link in show notes and 
I started to open up that space. So really it was a long process for me, but it really did start from that experience with her. And I commend her on the work she does. I I let her know this in the interview. Today we speak about orgasms, the different types that maybe you're not aware of that are out there for women, uh, the ways that you can begin to start to explore um, actual cervical life-changing orgasms. That's just one of them that isn't about an external um, clitoris orgasm. We talk about how to work through sexual trauma. We talk about how you work on speaking up about your pleasure. We talk about nude yoga and her experience with the benefits and what she works through with her clients. We speak about pleasure ones and the relationship uh, that people have with vibrators. And we also talk about essentially, you know, it dabbles in and out of the conversation, but that that big conversation I'm interested in, which is that male and and that feminine energy. And it's such an interesting place. I think straight away you start to think, okay, she's going to give me a position tip. She's going to tell me all these other things. But you'll be very surprised on a few of the things that she'll suggest. And they will sound really, really easy and baseline, to be honest, at the beginning. You need to do them, and I say this in the interview, you need to do them to really understand what it will unlock within you. So enjoy the chat, get active, look at this episode as some practical guidance of how you can unlock absolute incredible pleasure for yourself and if you're in a relationship or whoever you're enjoying it with, for you and or your partner. I'm really excited to hear about the benefits of this chat with uh, with I had with her and I really hope that you take some tools away for you to actively work on this as of today because you owe it to yourself. Oh my God, when I started doing this work, I was like, holy shit, there's these other pleasure options for me. I just thought there was one thing on the menu you will absolutely be blown away by the fact that if you do a bit of the work and like I said it'll seem a little bit strange a few of the suggestions seem like as if they could unlock this much in me I promise you it'll be the beginning to a very very beautiful life okay that's it from me if you like this show let Rosie know she's on Instagram at Rosie Rees uh, as you can find me at Stacey June I would love 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 to hear your takeout I'd love to see you share it with your friends this is something that we could totally give to our sisters as a nice thing to do for them day to day uh, because I think we all really need to spread the good word about this Um, today I am not going to ask for a rating or review I'm going to ask simply that you share this episode with one of your girlfriends. As I mentioned, this work is not just up to people like Rosie and me. It's really important that we take some responsibility to share self-care tips to everyone. You could even send this to your mum. You could send this to the girl that's never orgasmed in your life. You could send this to someone that's in a slump in their relationship. You could send this to someone that's feeling unconfident about their body. There are so many things you could get from this episode and I really encourage you to do yourself a favor listen to this in full and send it to someone you love they will thank you and i thank you enjoy the chat Okay, Rosie Rees, it's been a long time since we've caught up. It has. It's so good to hear your voice. (laughs) It's lovely to hear yours. My goodness, you've just been absolutely, I mean, it would feel like you've probably gone a gazillion different circles and squiggles and all kinds of different ways 
to carve your path. But from the very first moment we heard about your nude yoga classes and the very first time I came to one, your trajectory has just felt like it's gotten clearer and clearer with what your mission is. Is that something that you can resonate with? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I just, every single workshop, naked yoga workshop, um, or, you know, Yoni egg workshop I do, it just, uh, the ripples just keep going out and I see the transformation mm. in each woman that comes and I think, no, this this work needs to be done and I'm not giving up anytime soon. So I think I just get clearer and clearer um, the more I see the changes in the women. And, you know, it's beyond me. I, I Yeah, it's it's just grown tremendously. When you say beyond you, a lot of people might not understand, I guess, the practical element of that and and essentially there's a obviously a source that you tap into or somewhere that you're led or somewhere you're led from how do you go about tapping into that or being in communication with that on a regular basis what's your process yeah well I mean for example before every workshop I have a every workshop has a different theme and when I get there I it's almost like I channel there's, there's things that come through that I know these women need to hear. And I don't even, it feels like I'm not even speaking from Rosie as a person, speaking from my soul self and connecting to all these women on, on their soul level as well. Um, so I think, yeah, that comes with years of facilitating and you can kind of pick up on the energies in the group. But I mean, even in day to day, I tune into that with every Instagram post, for example, like okay, what am I feeling right now? What am I going through in my life? And what do I feel women need to hear in this moment? And then I will share a post, you know, not just for the sake of getting likes, but because I can feel there's something out there that needs to be read or felt. How do you clear away the the thoughts and the busyness to get to that that voice though? I think a lot of people talk about how we need to activate that gut or activate that that calling or really sit in that feeling space. But I'm interested to know how maybe it's been time that have gotten has gotten you not to really have to do much now, but did you have to work at that at some point and, and do you work on that regularly? Yeah, I mean intuition is I, I, I run my life from a space of intuition and I feel like we have three centres of intuition. You know, we've got our head, our mind, our highest centre, we've got our heart centre in the middle of our chest you know, a feeling center. And then we've got our base center. So your yoni or your womb space or your sex center or animal. And I feel- Or your root chakra. Yeah, a lot your, of people might know the word. Yeah, your yeah. root. And I feel like in any given moment, you can have intuition flood through from one of those centers or all of those centers. And that's when I, you know, that's when I share from whatever space is, is resonating. And this is going to be a hard question, or maybe it won't be, but what does that feel like differently to when you're coming from a place of external influence or anxiety or busyness in your head? What's the different feeling? So if somebody was trying to activate that clarity or breakthrough in their lives of how to really kind of follow one of those three centers, what's a different kind of example that you would feel when you're following one of those versus, you know, something that is not real essentially? Mm, I feel like in any situation in life for me or for everyone really, it's it comes down to love or fear. So am I holding this workshop? Am I holding this webinar or this po- posting this post out of a place of love or a place of fear, you know? And so I, I get really clear on 
am I just doing this because I feel like I need to post something or is it because there is something burning inside me and I just I know someone needs to hear this right now and that's coming from a place of love or maybe being really vulnerable and sharing something vulnerably that I'm going through that's helping heal me you know it's it's loving myself through sharing Um, so love on on many different levels. Sometimes I get frustrated by the simplicity in that because it's such an interesting thing, and my husband often brings me back to that place. and And he and I will doing this show has been a bit of a different direction for me than other shows I've done. and And he will very much come back and say things like, "Well, it's just exactly as you say, love or fear." And I'm like, "Don't, don't broaden it. Don't simplify. It. Don't give me that, you know, because there's such a resistance to something that really is so simple, right?" Yeah. I spent many years trying to overcomplicate it, and I've come back to you know just those two. Yeah, is this coming from a place of love or fear? And um, you know, I've been sick for the past couple of weeks, and so I have not really shared much at all because I'm loving myself and just going within if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. I want to talk about um, pleasure, which is what a lot of the conversation will be, and some real practical ways for us to think about our pleasure and our sexual identity and how we see ourselves versus what our potential is on today's episode. And I wanted to start off with um with the different ways of climaxing or the different ways of orgasm because I think that there is still such an interesting space for growth in this department as I'm sure you're very aware Um, and it may seem something that's really kind of baseline to you but I really believe that um, there's so much education that can be given by the different ways that we can get pleasure. Could you run us through the different options on the menu for us and maybe some of the ones that we are not aware of or you find that your clients are, you know, the least aware of and, and ones that we really should start to harness or try in our lives because it would be epic. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's jump straight into it. Um, so, I mean, the first thing is I feel as though before we even go into, you know, how to have an orgasm, it's it's almost like a lot of women actually need to give themselves permission to receive pleasure. A lot of women cut themselves off like from the belly button down and don't, you know, expect to have these groundbreaking orgasms but aren't actually really tapped into that part of their body. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons why that might be because of sexual shame growing up or just lack of education, like pure lack of knowledge of your actual genitals. So one of the first things I recommend a lot of women to do is to actually get a little mirror and have a look at their yoni. And when I say yoni, I mean vagina, vulva, that whole part of, you know, your your sex center. Um, have a look and and learn about the different parts. Like I get a lot of women message me asking, you know, can they still say go to the toilet with their a moon cup, menstrual cup in because they're not even aware that they have they we from a different hole. And so this is basic stuff that we just weren't educated. And another question I get asked a lot is, you know, with a yoni egg, um, can it get lost? Now, if women really knew their anatomy, they would know that there's a cervix and that nothing can go beyond the cervix and the cervix only ever opens to give birth. So I'm really passionate about getting women to look at their vaginas, um, explore them, touch them, massage them, give them love, like actually tune into that space first and foremost. And then, because for me personally, it wasn't until I did that um, and I started using a yoni egg regularly and I started just you know, feeling 
down there or and and not necessarily needing to give pleasure to someone else or get pleasure from someone else like just create the relationship as if you would you know your hand or your hair or your face it's so true and just to paint this out as someone that's used it and someone that you know I went to your nude yoga class that was the first time I bought the three pack the different sizes and I remember walking away and sorry to interrupt but I remember walking away thinking I've I really don't have any idea how this is all going to play out. But I trusted and I felt very called. And so I did it. And it's interesting because you really don't realize how blocked or closed or um, or shut off it, that particular part of your area is until you actually try to stimulate it. And when I say stimulate, I don't mean through sex. I mean through energy and feeling mm. on your own. It's so interesting because I think many of us are walking around completely unaware that we're clutching it, we're pulling it up and we're tense and it's been turned off for a very, very long time until you actually try to do something like use a yoni egg and and see that it's not – as easy as you putting it up there and everything just mm-hmm. working out. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it took me a little bit it, of time. Essentially it is just a tool for women to actually, I mean, you have to put the egg inside your vagina and it, and not in a way that you have to, like a tampon or, or a menstrual cup. It's like because you want to and it's a, a self-care practice. And that, you know, the yoni eggs aren't really magical thing. It's just the fact that women are touching and connecting and looking and feeling into that place in their body, potentially for the first time in their life. Um, And then that is what creates, for me anyway, you know, incredible orgasms. The amount, the, the different kinds of orgasms I can now experience purely just from, you know, and it was that first time I ever put a yoni egg in about five years ago, 2014, has just changed my whole life. And now I, I receive and, and now I get like, I don't know if you get this as well, but like little pulsations down there. And that'll just be a sign that, oh, I like the energy of this person or I really feel comfortable here or this feels good. And my yoni will speak to me just like you might get a flare in the heart space or your mind might just be really clear. You know, your yoni will give you signs to, to signify yes or no. And But unfortunately, a lot of women's vaginas are depressed and when I say depressed you know they're they're dry they're um you know either overactive pelvic floor underactive pelvic floor so like you said um if you're tightening all the time and you don't even realize and something I get women to do in my workshops is to soften their belly because so often we are sucking our tummy in to look skinny and two things happen number one we can't get a full deep breath because we're sucking in our belly and our diaphragm can't even move. And number two is we're tightening our pelvic floor the entire time and that's creating this tense, you can imagine like a muscle that's super, super tense, then that makes sex painful, then you've got to go pee all the time because, it's you know, your blood is all, you know, tight. Um, so, yeah, that softening is so important and breathing. And I think it's so interesting because if you're a person that looks from the outside and you're like, okay, how is this magical little, you know, crystal egg type thing that you're going to put there do anything? You know, I understand the healing powers of, you know, rocks and crystals and this kind of stuff. But I think the interesting thing that I discovered all these years ago was that it was exactly as you say, bringing attention to an area that really didn't have, there wasn't an open conversation. And so it's so interesting that we then talk about, orgasms and I'm so glad you started here um 
which which essentially if you had have skipped this part of the process to and answered my question, we would have jumped into trying to get light in a room without the light switch, right? So there's like this, this there's no switch on. So you're trying to get light in a room with no, there's the electricity and everything's there, but there's no switch. I think until you actually give things like the Yoni Egg a go, and I will give you all the information in show notes where you can contact Rosie and figure out how to do that and, and order things from her website. Um, but it, if you don't try, you won't really understand what the benefits are until it's done. I think that's the really key part in that part of the puzzle, of, and especially of a person that had really no idea and then stepped into that world and and it wasn't like it all of a sudden created this orgasm for you instantly it was more about the fact that it switched my light on like it switched something on inside of me that I didn't even know was Mm. off and that's why so yeah I haven't answered your question but it's I put the first step first I guess you know you've got to do this work first before you can expect to get these beautiful, juicy, life-changing orgasms, which I now have and I've never, you know, before 2014, before I went on my sexual awakening journey, I didn't have, I had clitgasms using a vibrator, you know, and that, that felt great. But in comparison to what I now experience, oh, my goodness, and I want every woman to feel what I feel um, in, you know, both in an intimate situation with yourself and with a partner. Well, it's transformative, which is exactly what was my first question because now when you go back, you're like, oh, my God, this is so surface. Like if my husband goes to go down on me and it's just a real quick clitoris thing, I'm kind of like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Whereas that was like at the top of the menu because it's all you knew exactly. because it's like what you thought, okay, well, this is going to be great, blah, blah, blah. And now you're like, oh, this is the big, this is vanilla. Like So it just changes. But it doesn't change in a vanilla way of this kind of porn risque approach. It's more, it's the depth levels, right? It is. So the clit orgasm is amazing, but it is just the tip of the iceberg. And it's actually done all this research um, there that the clit is actually you know, almost three times, well, three inches long, and it extends down into the vagina and all this erectile tissue around the G spot and has two legs and two bulbs. And if you haven't already Google, you know, what the actual anatomy of the clitoris is, um, because actually, if if you want to have these life-changing orgasms, you, you've got to go within. And it's that's metaphorical, isn't it, as well as actually literally going within the vagina. There's so many pleasure points. And it's funny that you've asked this because I'm doing a talk next week on on this, this kind of thing and I'm going through the G-spot orgasm, the A-spot, the P-spot. There's so many spots and every woman has, you know, there's gonna it's going to be different for every woman what, they, what feels good. Um, but the best thing you can do is you to use your finger and actually explore inside you or use a tool. Like I sell lots of different crystal dildos that help with this kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't until I used the Yoni Egg that I actually started to have G-spot orgasms and cervical orgasms. Now, most women actually have pain in their cervix or numbness and that's mm, from... That makes me so sad. And I know this fact, but... When we're just having this conversation, being in the middle of it, not sad in a pity way, just in a like, fuck, you know? Mm. Yeah, well, it's actually the cervix is there's three different neural pathways that go straight to the cervix, through the cervix. And 
a lot of doctors will say, oh, no, the cervix is numb. No, it's not. I have so many amazing cervical experiences that almost turn into full body experiences and can release DMT in your brain. And But it didn't. I wasn't always like that. I've, I've used so many different tools to massage and, and re-stimulate and resensitize the cervix. So it is pleasurable. It almost feels like a clitoris inside my vagina. So... So the way to do that is to use a wand, or I sell a wand called the cervix serpent, and you can massage and hold pressure on the cervix for one to three minutes and breathe there and actually feel what you're feeling because most women, and I, even before I went on this journey, sex if it was too deep, it would hurt. And I would be like, get out of me. I don't, I don't want that. Um, a lot of women have had um, cancerous cells burnt off or traumatic birth. Um, gosh, the cervix really gets poked and prodded, even with pap smears and things like that. So, yeah, it's important that we actually give that part of our body some love. Like that's the gateway that a baby comes through. Um, and when you start to love it, sex does definitely. Penetration becomes so much more pleasurable. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Just going back to that really early discovery stage and talk and how you spoke of how sometimes it can be painful physically, but what about when you get to a point where you've, you, you reach in terms of pleasure that you haven't been before? And for me, I would kind of start to have full body shakes and for a while there I would break into kind of hysterical laughter and it would shut everything down. I had to really work through this space of moving through it and kind of transcending into this other place. It sounds mega spiritual and that's what I realised it was. It was really kind of going to a deeper layer of vulnerability within myself and then with my partner. But what? how do you encourage us to really dive in when we start to be faced with because I think pleasure is assumed because we only know and a lot of people only know the clitoral orgasm as the way when you start to dive into some of these more deeper experiences you kind of assume it's going to just be served up to you like that same orgasm whereas it's actually quite different in what my experience is can you explain how we can essentially be resisting pleasure in the moment when we get deeper and what would be some tips to kind of work through that if you are starting to get to a new place and you're kind of like, shit, I don't really know how to break through this? Mm. Well, initially we all have a bit of resistance to being vulnerable and being seen. That's actually the number one thing that women talk about in my workshops is this resistance to to actually fully being seen. And so it actually, a great way to start that. So if you want to actually experience these kinds of orgasms, you've got to be vulnerable. 
And vulnerability is a strength. It's not a weakness. And I think it's really getting that clear in women's heads that actually, and even men's as well, like when a man's been vulnerable with me or a woman, it's the most beautiful thing. Um, and, but to actually translate that into sex. And if you think about it, whether it's oral sex or, you know, penetrative sex, it is the most vulnerable experience you can have with another person. You are literally bare naked, usually. Your legs are open. You are so vulnerable. And so you've got to let them in. Like sex can be really painful and kind of clunky and uncomfortable and awkward if you're not willing to be vulnerable and be fully seen in that vulnerability as well. And so one practice you can do with your partner is eye gazing. So looking into each other's left eye, which is the window to the soul, something I do in my workshops as well. And a lot of women say, wow, I just spent five minutes looking into another woman's eyes and I've never looked into my husband's eyes and we've been together for 20 years. And so what happens is that can release DMT, that can start to open your heart. And for a woman, we need our heart, you know, our heart space is our positive pole, so in tantric tradition. So when our heart is stimulated, activated, penetrated, our yoni is more likely to open. So we're more likely to be open to sex or penetration if our heart is touched. And so just to rewind back to the cervix, in ancient Taoist tradition, um, there's reflexology points inside the vagina. And the cervix relates directly to the heart. And so often when we are, our cervix is penetrated and touched and stimulated, we will feel, you'll feel emotion in your heart. So you said you were cackling, laughing. So that's, that's an emotion of the heart. Also, on the other side of that is sadness. I've had a few experiences with partners, particularly in the early stages of the relationship when you're feeling so much love. I would just burst into tears. Mm, it broke in into that after, yeah, it's full on. Yeah. yeah, so that'll be the laughter first and then it'll come sadness. And often it's sadness that you've ever let anything but this kind of love into your sacred yeah, temple. so true. Like, you know, that not you've neglected yourself or something like that will come through. And so that'll crack you open, crack open your heart and create that deeper. So if you can't do these kinds of practices with your partner, that is going to become a sexual block. Do you know what I mean? Like you, if you're finding yourself inorgasmic or you're just having those surface level or you need to, you know, reach for the vibrator in the middle of sex, that's fine. Like as long as, you know, it's nice to know that you can orgasm and that, that uh, you know, vibrators are great for getting women to actually be able to be orgasmic, but actually they can also desensitize. And so what you want to do is really resensitize and be, it's okay to be emotional. Yeah, it comes back to that fear or love thing, even with the vibrator, right? Like, what's what's the reason you're grabbing that tonight? Mm. It's so yeah, true. because it's just that external stimulation, and I used to be, it's a, a, a very addictive mm. thing to reach for because you get that short, sharp, quick fix. Mm. You know, like a drink, or like a cigarette, or like a Red Bull, or whatever it is. Instagram, and <laughs> Instagram, all, yeah. social media, <laughs> and and it only it gives you a little bit, but then you feel a little empty. Mm. So what internal orgasms feel like is like this, you've just been nourished. You've just been cracked open and full. you just like lying on the bed in a dazed state. Like that's, yeah, that's the feeling that you want to feel. And it, it's not always going to happen every time, no. but it's nice to happen at least, you know, at least once a week. 
It would be really nice to think that for people that are in uh, hetero relationships that all men would be very open to these kinds of discussions. And I, I, I'm so quick to say, and I probably was very quick to say, you know, it's not an issue of settling. Everybody should be kind of looking for that that soul match and essentially you need to be able to find someone that can can match your interests and your curiosity and all these kinds of things. But there could be somebody that finds this 10 years into their relationship and is very much in love and their partner is not so open or not so kind of, um, I suppose, educated around the stuff that maybe this particular person has started to be interested in and started to read up about. How do you, how would you suggest for someone to approach that? Because, you know, back in the day, I kind of thought, well, everyone's got to be aligned and be together. But are there ways to work through that if you are both, you both kind of have different sexual, I suppose, interests or um, intrigue? Mm, oh, yeah, definitely. Um yeah, and I had a woman in my workshop on the weekend who was in exactly. So there's this 10-year mark in a lot of relationships and I always say marriages should have like a, a t- it should be a renewal. Ten- yeah, it's a 10-year I agree. <laughs> and it's always the 10-year mark. There should be I hate the forever word. I and I I got married and I said that to Ben. I was like I don't know about the forever thing. Like I'm all good if it w- continues to work, but <laughs> you just need to know we need to keep checking in with this. Totally. Absolutely. Because it's <laughs> just like anything, we we grow, we change, and we can't expect our partner to be exactly the same person they, are, they were when you got married. And so I find even with my clients, my friends, so many people, 10 years, something happens at the 10-year mark and there needs to be either a renewal of the contract. I know a contract doesn't sound as sexy as a marriage, but you know, mm, okay, is, check in, yeah. is this right for us? Or do we need to like explore some other dynamics? Um, I find that when you're in that place, you, you know, if you want to make things work, you can, it's an opportunity to actually grow together. And mm. I'm always pro mm. relationship first and foremost, mm. unless there's abuse involved. Um, mm. But actually sitting down with your partner. Now you've got to ask some deep questions here. Like if you can't look into that person's eyes for longer than, you know, 30 seconds even, um, or if you can't have these heartfelt conversations, maybe they're, you know, get a counsellor and a mediator because, or I always say, you know, for for couples that come to me and go, oh, everything is amazing but the sex. I go, well, you know what, that's one third of, you know, you've got the heart and the head. As long as you're getting along and you've got the love there, you still need the sex. You know, the sex is the glue, the intimacy is the glue that holds the relationship together. So you've both got to be really willing to work on that piece. And as long as you're both willing, well, then that's when you can start to do the work. And, you know, there's exercises that I get couples to do. And one of them is um, talking stick. I don't know if you've done this with your partner or... um, I've it sounds it. familiar from my therapist, but I'll what, you go for you tell me what it is, and I'll see if it's, well, it's the it's same thing. So simple, but just holding a talking stick, and that can be anything really, and sharing, you know, unfiltered sharing for three to five minutes, mm. and like working through it. And the other partner cannot respond; they yes, can't interrupt yeah. because so often we interject and we put in all that, you know, we and then that creates a fight, and so actually just having that space and then you pass the talkings to, to him or to her and get them to share and oh my god 
you can solve anything using that. It's so true. And I, th- as soon as you take away the response option, it really is a game changer because I think so many of us feel unheard. And I think from from child like from childhood, I think many of us grew up well. In if you're kind of late twenties, early thirties, and above, you were probably growing up in houses where parents spoke, children were quite. You know, there was just a different type of in many, not all, but um, a different type of the what was going on at the dinner table a lot of the time. Um, and I think a lot of us have grown up feeling very unheard Mm. and a lot of the time the issues in our relationship are that the other person has got you know you've both got your agenda and if you're both not feeling heard then it's much harder to listen so it's so interesting I think and my therapist adds that you you talk on about feeling so you you say I feel as opposed to I want you or Mm. I need this or it's more about I felt this today I feel this I feel that and then the other person in their time can't use their time to respond to what you just said. They need to talk about how they feel. Mm. But it's um it's a f- fucking good one. We we were doing this going through kind of tough fertility treatment time last year and before we went to bed. It's not something that I don't know, it's different to other suggestions I think um that I've heard in the past. There's something really freeing about saying it and knowing you're heard and then the conversation's left. You know, you can go to sleep just feeling heard. I think often we think we need to solve everything. Well, I know I do and used to. We need to kind of fix it or solve it or have a solution in those moments. Absolutely. And that's the masculine. The masculine wants to fix, to solve, to change, you know, make the problem better. And I, even being in, I'm in a same-sex relationship now and sometimes I just need to vent I just need to express myself and I'm I'm very much so I just need to get it off my chest now it you know it might come out in certain ways but once it's out I uh, I feel so much better and now at the start of our relationship she was like oh my god does that mean you're gonna leave me or I'm like oh no babe like I just need to express myself and then I feel better and she's like oh and now I just said babe can I just vent doesn't mean I'm going to make any, you don't need to change me or fix me or you don't need to know the answer because she, often she would say, oh, what do you want me to do? And I'm like, nothing, babe. I just need you to hear me. And actually that just fix, that fixes everything, just being heard. And you let it go. Yep, it goes. Once I express it, but so many relationships people don't express, they don't create the safe space to or they don't have the, the, the awareness to go, hey, babe, can I just share this and, you know, don't make any meaning out of it. I just need to express and release. Mm. I want to talk about, we were, you, you were mentioning the pleasure wands and how they can work with the cervix. I want to talk about the difference between pleasure wands and vibrators and, and yeah, what you think that the benefits are of working with a pleasure wand v a vibrator. Yeah. Well, for me, I bought my first vibrator. I'd just broken up with my first boyfriend when I was about 18 or 19. And me and my girlfriend went to the sex toy shop and got a vibrator. And I learned how to, you know, give myself pleasure to give myself orgasms. Um, and I, that's why I am not anti vibrators, um, because I feel like they help women explore their erotic edges and how they might be able to orgasm. However, from prolonged use, you need to use the vibrator more and for longer and on a higher level um, to reach that climax. And it is a very external experience. So you're not going to get that with those really deep internal. And, and just to point out the obvious, a man's fingers or penis does not vibrate. 
So you're literally putting him out of a job if you keep using your vibrator. And I've, I've and, had a- and, and funny expectations, right? Like you start going in looking for similar experiences. Yeah. And it, and it can be very separating when you're in the middle of intercourse and then you're reaching for this vibrator to put in between you. That can actually create more distance and space because, you know, it it's it's a quick fit. It's that yeah. It's not. It's just sort of surface level. Um, and I find I think it also comes back to then why people have intercourse or make love or have sex in the first place. I think there is a little bit of a misconstrued idea around. Um, I mean, obviously, sex is fun and flirty and sexy, and there's all those kinds of elements to it. But I think for for many people and with the porn epidemic in particular it's kind of become that physical that physical understanding of sex and that and only that element and there's no other real understanding or purpose towards it which is why it's just kind of this yeah the quick fix kind of vibe because there's an achieved there's a goal mm. and if that goal's not set then you have had bad sex essentially yeah and so it's removing that goal of needing to have an orgasm um you know, because I, for me, I mean, sex sometimes is about having an orgasm, but a majority of the time it's because I want to connect and I love feeling so close mm-hmm. to her and that is just the highlight of my day, you know, mm-hmm. just being in her arms, feeling her naked body against mine, like that's everything to me, kissing, it's all part of it, whereas before, yeah, if I had another orgasm or he didn't get to reach orgasm or something, it's like there was something wrong. Um and so it's, yeah, removing that goal and coming. And, and I'm not averse to touching your clitoris at all during sex because 75% of women can't actually climax from penetration alone. So it's really common. Um, however, just use, see if you can just use your fingers or um, because I'm telling you now, if you keep using a vibrator, you're going to need it more and more and more. You're going to have form a reliance on it. And my orgasms have become so much stronger since giving up, you know, the vibrator or the, the satisfier pro or whatever it is that you use. Um, and yeah, it's definitely deeper and more expansive since I've given it up. And that comes back to that very first point you made today, which was the self-inquiry and the turning the switch on, you know, it's essentially once you start to do some of that work, all of these envelopes open, all these doors open for you and you start to get a very clear understanding of a new world really. And it's interesting, until you do it, you it is very hard to necessarily articulate or understand, I guess, a different perspective on your sec on your sex life. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so symbolic. You're going inside the vagina is literally going inside of you and it's gonna bring up all your shit. Um, you know, you, you're going to cry, you're, you're going to feel frustrated, you're going to feel this stuff come up. Um, but it's, it is so worth it. Um, and I think exploring with yourself, re, reframing self-pleasure as a form of self-love rather than needing to get off or have an orgasm, what if self-pleasure was massaging your breasts today and just really giving them all your love? What if self-pleasure was, yeah, just pressing onto your cervix with a glass pleasure wand and just breathing there? Or what if it was shaking your hips side to side and actually just bringing your awareness down out of your head and into your womb space? Like self-pleasure doesn't have to be 
getting off and rubbing your clit. It can literally be a beautiful experience with just with yourself, with your body. As if, if it's feeling pleasure, you, it doesn't have to be genital specific. You can move that sexual energy throughout your body, and that's what I sort of I play with that every day. You know, whether I'm sitting in the car and I'm I'm feeling a bit flat or low energy, I'll just squeeze my pelvic floor and I'll imagine sexual energy moving as I squeeze and I clench and grip. I'll imagine that sexual energy moving up my spine. And then as I relax, I'll let it like flood and, and sort of wash over me back down again. And you can tap into that anytime, like literally just doing some pelvic floor clenches and squeezes can actually lift your energy and your vibrancy and potency. And calm your anxiety. Like big time, yeah. big time. It's like such a, a game changer for that. And I think those kinds of, they sound, if you haven't done them before, minor type of things like, okay, massaging my breasts or being able to clench that. But, you know, once you start to open this door, you understand that they end up being so much more powerful in the big picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I want to talk about those moments though when you do start to investigate and for many of us, uh, sexual trauma or some form of trauma has been a part of our story. How do you approach that from a physical perspective? So firstly, let's just say um, I don't think you're a psychologist, so I'm not going to assume, but, you know, those types of – no, and neither am I. And so those types of um, big conversations to really break through some severe trauma when it comes to sexual abuse or anything that you've gone through – is really something that you need to work through with a professional as well as the stuff that we're about to talk about. But from a pure physical perspective and what you can do for yourself to heal and to really break through some of that, how would you suggest people prepare themselves essentially and and really start to understand the importance of working through some of that pain in order for you to have full access to your deserved and owned pleasure Mm. well one in six women have experienced sexual abuse in australia and i think it's about one in three women in the u.s um so sexual abuse is so rife and so condom common common in our society and what happens when someone is abused is often they store that negative experience that trauma inside their body Now, because it's been sexual, usually it's stored in the vagina, in the cervix, in the womb. I mean, there's like 700,000 women in Australia with endometriosis and polycystic ovary syndrome is just on the rise. Um, And there's all these issues with women. And people can't climax. Yeah, people are stuck. People can't climax. Debilitating menopausal symptoms like hysterectomies. There is just so much going on um, for women in this part of their body, and I, th- I feel like a lot of it comes from you know when someone has been abused, they just shut it down. And what happens when we ignore something or we send something hatred? Just like that Dr. Emoto study when they they studied the the particles of, of I think it was water. Mm. But you can do the study on apples or rice or something. And if you send it love, you know, there's beautiful shapes and geometric shapes and it looks beautiful. If you send it hatred, it looks really ugly under the microscope. And then if you ignore it, that's actually the worst. That's the one that gets really moldy, you know, 
it's you can see under the microscope that it's really unhappy you know the particles the cells and so everything is energy and so if we're ignoring that part of our body or we've had trauma and we've just literally switched off plug you know taken the plug out we're not even you know referring to that part of our body anymore it's going to die so you know it's and it affects and it also it's not just sexual then it starts to affect things about falling pregnant too oh. you know the amount of people that cannot fall pregnant yeah. there's so much unfinished business going on yeah. in that area and it's and it's not until you try and you're like oh my god they can't they can't find anything wrong with us but it's been two years it's insane yeah and you can't I, I and I'm in that space at the moment so I'm speaking to a lot of people about it and it's not a conversation you can be like so have you been sexually abused I know, or, I know. you know it's just not, I don't, and I, it's tricky it is tricky um and it but yet in sessions it's actually one of the first questions I ask because if women are you know struggling to conceive and struggling to orgasm usually it comes back to, well, I had this really bad experience. And when it comes to trauma, there's hard trauma and then there's soft trauma. So hard trauma is something like rape or really, you know, violent sexual abuse. And then there's soft trauma that a lot of women don't even regard as trauma, but it can be something as like getting an STD and feeling shame about that or someone laughing. If I had this the other day, someone said her husband laughed at her face when she orgasmed. And she shut down. She she stopped orgasming after that because of the shame and she'd stored that as trauma. And even um, the other day someone messaged me and she's like, Rosie, you know, a lot of people message me these kinds of things because I think because I'm so open and just talk about it, you know, it's, this, is, this should be normal to talk about this stuff. And she said, I haven't been able to orgasm for four years. You know, is, do you think it's... Uh, something to do with because I share a lot about IUDs and you know problematic birth control and that kind of thing and she's like do you think it's the IUD because I only got that in two years ago and it hasn't affected anything and I said well what happened did something negative happen to you four years ago she goes oh my god I didn't even piece that together actually a friend a perceived friend raped her and she had just completely had not put two and two together to see that you know and this is smart investigative curious like bright women you know what I mean like it it really is very very easy to do it's it's crazy how how easy it is to store away it is and so putting those linking oh actually when it was this time in my life this happened and I switched off you know just do a little bit of digging and, and see if there's something that you can link it to. And you know what? It's not always abuse, Stace. It's, I mean, sometimes it can be health and genetics and all this kind of stuff. Mm. But I am mm. very um, from the belief system that everything is energy. Metaphysical is, is very, um, you know, it links. Everything is linked emotionally and physically. So, um what I there'll be a reason there's always a reason and for women who are struggling with that kind of thing um womb healing meditation is just I mean I know again very simple I have a womb healing meditation on my website and I've got it I downloaded it yeah a lot of women say they'll just burst into tears halfway through and go oh my god I didn't even know I was storing that trauma from a surgery I had on my um my uterus you know five years ago or the abortion I had when I was 18 or, you know, they won't even link well, it. Sometimes you might not even know. Yeah. You know, you might, like I think that's the thing I worked through with an energy 
a guy about my anxiety that there's just so much from my childhood that, you know, you can't even really contemplate. It could be so much stuff that essentially something like your meditation could really help move energy without you necessarily needing to identify it 100%. as well. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, very important to point that out because you don't need to know it all. I think a lot of us are up in our head going, I need to understand and, and you know, analyse why this is. But it's like if you can feel it and let it go through breath, sound and movement, that's going to release, that, that can release the trauma as well. You don't need to understand it. Totally. And if you're supposed to, it will come yeah. up. You know, you will, it, it'll present itself as well. Talk to me about vagina steaming because this was obviously brought to everyone's attention from a Goop article. Uh, and now it's something that I think it, I think people are just more open-minded to considering ways to explore themselves. And often it seems like women, like for example, my I guess my unlocking with a lot of my trauma release and a lot of my sexual, I suppose, inquiry started from taking your class, the nude yoga class. And I think a lot of times people or women need something to go to or need a something, you know, like, okay, here's a website, I can buy this, I can download this. It's, it's, it's harder to start it you by yourself because we all feel a little bit not just overwhelmed, but you feel a bit like a dummy at the beginning, I think. You kind of feel like, well, how do I even approach this? Is vagina steaming something where people could start? What, what are your thoughts on it? Well, it's funny. Me and my partner just picked up a, um, a vintage toilet yesterday <laughs> off Gumtree <laughs> and the woman asked me, she's like, so what do you plan on um, doing with this? And we're like, well, have you heard of Yoni steaming? And she was like, oh, my God, no, what is that? And so we're explaining to her because it's this old toilet and it's got like a bowl in it and you sit on the, literally on the toilet and, you know, you can put herbs in there and put boiling hot water and steam your vagina. Um, she was just mind blown, like couldn't believe all using it for that purpose. <laughs> so I want to get a few of them actually. And um, I want to hold a, a few workshops on this, just literally women coming together and, and steaming their vagina. Now, it sounds a bit crazy, doesn't it? When you, when you well, I love that. it, but you know me. I sign up, so I drink. I drink it. I'm into it, but it is it is hilarious because it's like imagining the equivalent of you know how you just got that picture of your dad on the toilet with the newspaper or something like. It's like then turn to <laughs> Rosie's house and you've got pot puree in the toilet, like going up its way to your vagina. <laughs> crazy, I know the things we do, but you know think about when you have a facial and they steam your face you know it can feel so relaxing and it releases all this sort of you know toxic stuff from your pores so yeah, it's the yeah. exact same concept for our yonis and you know a lot of women have said how uh, their PMS is cleared up or they're not getting cramping or if they've had fibroids and cysts and stuff inside their you know their on their ovaries or in their uterus it can actually help to soften and almost like melt that away um and and if you've got, had troubles with yeast infections or bacterial vaginosis it's the success stories are just phenomenal so i guess you know it does sound woo woo but if you think about it these practices are ancient it's not like some new age thing that we're just you know created this is what women did back in the day and it, it wasn't it, it shouldn't really be some weird thing um and so i am trying to normalize it <laughs> 
<laughs> with women. I love it. I love it. Do you think that you'll go on tour? I mean, with the new yoga classes, they're all across the country. But do you think you can actually get some form of, um, you know, crew on the road where they, they're like a band where they pat, like set up the toilets and then pack them down and you've got some <laughs> form of like a, a, a crew situation? Because <laughs> that would be everything <laughs> so um I've got Yoni retreat rolling out so I've got my first Yoni retreat it's just a day half day full day workshop um and yeah Yoni steaming will definitely be a part of that so yeah I'll, I'll be bringing that on tour don't you worry about that <laughs> I love it I love it I think we've gone through everything that I wanted to cover today I've got so many more questions uh, so I will have to get you back on the show if you would like to join me at some point um, because I just love conversing with you and I just wanted to say on behalf of women thank you for doing the work that you do thank you so much and I've received that that's just beautiful it's so heartwarming to hear that and I can feel that the ripples are going out there and it's just so needed so thank you for having a platform for me to share this body of work no worries so needed and I think so many of us find it hard to even identify what we want sometimes or even to communicate that and here you are making it not just your life's work but also doing it on such a public forum where it is it's sometimes even hard to just do with one person so Mm. it's really amazing what you do and and um and you're very appreciated so thank you for for joining me today thank you Stacey likewise this has been another Bijou podcast production Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.